social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. Make Henry Oil your oil provider this winter. Give them a call today. Call Henry Oil, 401-521-0200, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil, serving most Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. You can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery, residential and commercial, it's Henry Oil. Give them a call. Since 1947, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today. Make Henry Oil your oil provider. 401-521-0200. 401-521-0200. Remember, online at henryoil.com. Go with the original. Go with the best. It's Henry Oil to the Chanda Petro Show weekdays. We start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, petro.com. Time for our segment, Politics, this week. Joining me, he is the managing editor for anchorising.com. It's Justin Katz. And Justin, I want to start off, I don't remember the last time uh, this type of story. It's it's just so bizarre. And, and I know Governor McKee's trying to distance himself from it and say that he wasn't the one that gave it to them, but it was uh, back um, some time ago when Governor McKee decided to give out, when he signed the uh, Providence teachers, signed them with their new contract, and he gave them $3,000 bonuses, and it, we'll, we'll go through it, but now it has led to this story that judges are getting $3,000 retention bonuses. And as much as Governor McKee said, well, I'm not giving it to them. They're, they're doing this on, the soap, uh, on their own. He, he's really the one that, that put this whole farce into motion. Oh, certainly. And, and you called it at the time, too, saying this, every one of them is going to get this. And it, yeah. it, 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 I almost like when it gets to this point of absurdity because it's kind of hard to miss, right? You, the, at first, it was all about, you know, well, we're, we're giving them a bonus to get the the vaccine and that didn't play well with the public. So suddenly it was retention bonuses. And a lot of people observed, you know, people, people fight for state jobs. These aren't, these aren't people who are leaving their jobs. The fact that they never have to leave is part of the attraction of them. And right at the top of that list is judges. I mean, this is, this is, people spend their career this is why some people become legislators so that they can make friends to become judges this is the pinnacle of rhode island's crony corruption (laughs) and they're giving themselves and remember they're giving and mckee has a point he's not the one giving it to them he put this in motion but the chief judge making a quarter million dollars a year is the one giving himself a bonus and his other six-figure judge friends it's it's and they're trying to oh well it's not necessarily really a retention bonus but but that's the name that's been put on it and that you know goes to show in rhode island you will get retention to to keep a job that nobody gives up and everybody kills their nephew for i mean it's 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 such an it's such an absurdity that i hope nobody can miss it on the other hand they do have one point it almost has become back around to being a retention bonus because when you see these kind of stories it definitely lets everybody know that a state government job is the is the way to go in Rhode Island. And so everybody, they, they may have made it a very attractive career option. So in that regard, I guess, I guess their attention bonuses are working. That is an excellent point. And for, for governor McKee and this one, Justin, he even initially back in December talking about that the state workers were going to get a, a vaccine incentive in order to get the, a bonus to get the, um, the $3,000 if he got the vaccine, he even called it a misstep. Now it it's, it's, I cannot believe he like stands there and looks right into the camera, and it's seemingly most the uh, that I've seen was Channel Ten because uh, he's been at war with Channel Twelve. But and saying, well, you know, a lot of businesses know that uh, you know it was tough to you lose workers during this, and this way you hold on to them, and and you know he he knows fully well what you and I are saying, which is you know you still have to be connected, uh, state jobs as we've talked about in the past. 
used to be, you know, it didn't pay great, but there was job security, you got a pension. Now, as you and I have discussed, uh, many people leave the private sector to get the state job. He's now rewarding. It's such like a message to the protected class. And notice also, and this is something I haven't said to someone in the key administration, but he, he just he wants to go out of his way to say, oh, you know, this wasn't me. They decided to do it. But he also doesn't criticize it either. Yeah, well, that would be uh, that would be a, quite a thing to see the the governor saying, you know what, judges don't need this, and especially the I mean, it's the state workers they kept their jobs, they didn't lose their jobs. It's it's an insult to people who did, and it, in a lot of cases, and the courts are really high up on a, the scale for this. They they had an easier way of it. They were working from home. They were. Uh, they had lighter workloads. Everybody else had to face restrictions in order to access them and, and get that job right. done. So, so the idea that this is, you know, such a reversal, and I, I, I wish it were much, much more of a, an investigation by, by the journalists in the state. I mean, they, they, are, they are covering it, which is good. And they are pointing out, you know, what the courts weren't actually ever, weren't open completely. And they did have but there, there's a lot. Of, you could start to unravel this onion, let's say, and, and really yeah. see the corruption behind the state. And especially, and again, folks, uh, our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. Um, Justin, you know, I mean, think of that. Judge Sattel, the fact that he even has the power makes, you know, 250 a year. Plus, by the way, they get these huge pensions that they don't even pay into. And decide, yeah, you know, I'll grab 3000 What What this strikes me as, and I kind of started to say this in the beginning, it's more just, it, it's there's a big pot of money, and all the insiders and the unions all just nod at each other and say, you know, we want some of this money. And uh, Governor McKee, they're taking the money out of the general fund. Initially, it was supposed to just be some COVID money that they were spreading around but to me justin katz what this seemingly comes down to is just that it's almost like a score you know or you, you see like in the film goodfellas where you know every time they get a score they have to kick up like a tribute to paulie the boss and make sure he gets his piece of it um i, I i'm telling you i'm not exaggerating that's how they operate and and it's it's okay because now as i had said and predicted everyone is now going to get it and the number in millions this is coming out to is just so absurd. Right, right. That's something like twenty million for just these bonuses. But the, I, I think you're, you're pointing to exactly the issue is there's there's a bunch of federal money that was borrowed taxpayer money that is just sitting there. So they've got to figure out some way to shuffle it around. And perhaps if it were you know really taxpayer money that was going to hurt their neighbors, the judges would say, you know what, we'll just exempt ourselves. We make a lot of money. We don't need this $3,000, you know, a little bit, little bit of a tip for our, our summer vacation. We get a little bit of extra money to throw around. They could do that. You know, it's sort of like, there was a, a story I wrote about on Anchor Rising uh, this week with the uh, people seeking the, the billion dollars of money for grants from the state related to, to COVID from the federal government. And there, there's seven, I think it's $7 billion of asking. And I, my take on this is the same with the judges. It's, you know, in a better world, these people are saying, you know what, this is abusive. I'm not going to do this. I'm, I'm going to have a little humility, a little shame. I'm not just going to grab for the money, uh, but not in our world, not in common, modern Rhode Island. That's, that's what it's all about is, is just grabbing that money. So it's par for the course. It's what they do. And you know what else is, um, and you and I have talked about this in the past. If you remember, there was there was one point where Governor Armando was was almost picking off one Providence Journal reporter after another. And a problem that comes up is when you have this type of situation, a lot of members of the media, they, they're doing the story, but you don't have Ed Acorn doing, you know, op-ed of, of the Providence Journal. And... I, I just think a lot of the, the local media, um, does it seem unfair? Yes. Are they covering it? Yes. But at the same time, you don't want to shut a door that this could maybe lead to employment. Um, you know, Mussolini used to have an expression. Um, what you do is you you pluck a, li uh, pluck a live chicken one feather at a time. 
<laughs> and then, uh, you know, that eventually it stops the squawking. You, you very deliberately, it's, it's, they kind of bring them along. Right now, a lot of the reporters, they're looking at, you know, I certainly don't want to do a story that could maybe endanger potentially that I could end up getting a job with these people in the future. Yeah, that's that's an excellent connection to make. I mean, it's, it's it goes right back to the idea that these retention bonuses are working, right? The signal is very strong. You you will it, the best career path you can find at some point in your at, in your life is going to be jumping over to this to the state government, and so that that now applies for journalists. And so they, um, I guarantee, even even if it's subconscious, at some level, they're thinking, you know, I may become a PR person for uh, the Supreme Court justice or for for the treasurer or somebody in state government let me just you know this is just how business is done you know the retention bonuses that makes sense right there's no sense of mission it doesn't seem like anymore and, and so some of them still have uh you know that old school journalist sense of we have to hold the, them accountable you know this is this is just an obvious news story, but I, I think for a lot of them, it's just you know, they're more interested in the social justice stuff anyway, and and yeah. why why slam the door on somebody, and, and all the people in state government are doing it. Uh, so yeah, let's let's just let the story move along. I think that's that's probably a, just a it's a natural attitude at this point because the state government is the game, the really the only game in town. As a there's no giant employer that can compete no. with it. In fact, I I. I kind of wonder how much of I, I wasn't a supporter of the hospital merger but one of the problems i think the insiders have with that is it really does create a giant entity government that will have some leverage against government and that's what they that's cannot right. have and we, do, we so we don't have that in rhode island we have a bunch of small small to medium-sized businesses but they can't compete with government and so it just becomes we're like a company state there and so the is going to going to recognize that and report as if often it feels like you know our newspapers and TV stations are like the company newsletter you know telling us what the government's up to and you know, passing along the press releases and telling us stories um, as well I think we're going to get to you know this politician's doing X to support Ukraine all this kind of stuff it's it really does become like just supportive of this this kind of aristocracy and this the source of all all beneficence in Rhode Island is the state government. And it shouldn't be lost. It was also that's a brand new reporter at Channel Ten. She's actually in from out of town. I'm not sure how they do the reporters, but meaning that uh, you know it, it took someone who is from the outside that doesn't realize like, hey, wait a minute, you know, you're not supposed to publish the list of the judges. There's certainly a you know considered like a sacred tribe uh, in this town. There's a lot of perks that go with it. But before we take a break, I just want to point out. Uh, Justin Katz, that what really strikes me is Governor McKee, it takes him a while to find what he considers comfortable talking points. And then, even though it's wrong, even though it really doesn't make sense, as long as he's comfortable with the talking points, that's good enough. And then he just continues. So now going forward, uh, just so people understand, whenever he's asked, he then just pivots to these what he thinks are good talking points, which is, oh, yeah, well, you know, you got to do retention bonuses. And, you know, we've been down people and losing people. And and even though it's it's absurd and you and I know and know it's not true, it's, it's as if he just has like a line in the in his pocket. Then if, when he needs to, he just kind of pulls it out. Um, were you struck by anyone? The only one that I really saw publicly who seemingly made an issue of it um, was minority leader Blake, Blake Filippi because the the rest of the the crowd for the Democrat uh, primary nominations governor they they don't want to alienate that crowd and we uh, are still without any type of challenger on the Republican side that could be having a field day with this but anyone else uh, of significance stand out to you that was objecting about this. No, no, they're they're not there. They, they just don't exist because you know, and there's because there's no chance of them taking power. And I think that's that's the real issue when it comes down to it. That's one of our big problems. And so Blake Filippi's doing a, the yeoman's work as the opposition he on is. just about every story. Uh, it's him, and and they get a kind of a mild opposition from John Marion of Common Cause, who'll at least say, you know, we should have better government. Uh, so that's yeah. about that's about it. Because you know, part of it is the news media has shut off a wide range of people. They just won't. They won't talk to they won't talk that's to. right good like point you me you know mike stenhouse in the center for freedom and prosperity these are just you're not allowed to talk about them you're not allowed to put them in the paper and 
they're crazy. We're all crazy people anyway. So, so they've cut off that whole range. They've got to kind of recognize the minority leader in the house and, and sometimes right. the chairperson of the Republican party, they've got to kind of recognize that, but there's nobody else. And part of the reason there's nobody else to sort of fill that gap is there's no chance, um, that Republicans will take over everything. So, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to go out on a limb and start risking upsetting the chief justice of the Supreme court by insulting him. If you might, be able to leverage that for political gain in order to take control of the, the governorship or the state house. Uh, but that's just not even in the cards. And so nobody's going to take, nobody's going to go out on that limb in the private sector yeah. in the public sector. It's just too risky. There's no, there's no benefit to it. Uh, before we take the break, I was surprised uh, for instance, like Jessica De La Cruz state Senator, um, the, the, the judges are approved through the state Senate. I noticed she was quiet. Surprising to me for someone that, Right. Supposedly running for CD2 and uh, you would think it'd be a no brainer. So then you'd have, OK, there's Philippi in the House objecting to it. There's De La Cruz in the Senate. But, you know, I, as of yet, I haven't seen her uh, on the story. Folks, quick break. A lot more politics this week with Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com right here on the John DePietro show. Propane Plus for heating and cooling. Call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances locations in east greenwich and also in rehoboth remember propane plus is energy for everyone it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and also now it's renewable online at propaneplus.com propane plus heating and cooling in massachusetts call the rehoboth office 508-252-3359 and in rhode island 401 401- 885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus. Into Brood Awakenings and discovered the Brood difference. Two locations in Johnston, also in Cranston, Pontiac Avenue, and then also Bald Hill Road in Warwick. Brood Awakenings, they're local, fresh ingredients, cozy environment, great comfortable chairs, deli- delicious breakfast sandwiches, lunch, great drinks and coffee, and plenty of room to spread out and meet people. I'll see you, and you'll discover the brood difference at Brood Awakenings. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Justin, I want to um, just talk about Governor McKee for a moment. If, if Maybe people don't notice, but I have certainly noticed. Um, he has basically, for now, done away with regular for a while he was doing okay i'm gonna have a press conference come in and ask me anything you want in the past month either a new advisor consultant whoever but he's done away with it um even though COVID has died down i noticed that they're saying well we're gonna still keep some kind of COVID update to me i read that as that way he kind of uses it as like an excuse that if you you know if someone wants to go and ask about real stories and he can just say well the purpose of this is to talk about covid (laughs) it's kind of like a get out of jail free card but um if you've noticed he he has not had at one point remember he was doing both a covid briefing then he would also do a regular ask anything you want type of press conference but it, it, it should not be lost on people that you when you're seeing him it's quick little quips here and there you know afterwards one-on-one when i've gone they say if you want he can talk to you afterwards one-on-one he he really is now shying away from it's an open press conference ask whatever you want and then in front of everyone he has to then you know try to come up with the answer yeah, I wonder. He his his year in office has been kind of like in the comedy show where the the guy's walking around and he steps on a rake and he whacks him in the head and yes. he falls out of the window. And I mean, that's so. I think he's he coming into the season for the primary. I think he's he, he's at least had the managerial sense to say, "I'm not good at this. <laughs> I'm I, I just I'm I'm falling all over myself." And the reason I think is because um, he's. 
he's not following principles he actually holds. I think he actually does deep down still have that mayor, small business owner kind of attitude. And he reaches for that sometimes, but he doesn't, he doesn't have the, I guess, integrity to, no. to really to govern that way and to speak that way. And so he, he doesn't know how to, as you said, he, he'll pick talking points he thinks are, are fine. It's sort of like the old Saturday night life, John Lovett's like, Oh, that's the ticket. You know, I, yes. so I think that's, I think that's exactly because he 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 can't say what he and and he he doesn't know what else to say and he's not good at, at kind of prevaricating and, and making uh, making what he thinks seem like he what he has to say or what, the reverse of that maybe but he so I think that's where they've they've probably just said you know what we're coming to election just let's try to control the message which is really a shame I mean you yeah you and I think I think voters pick up on that kind of thing I mean wasn't it great Governor Kachiri had a regular segment on on radio. You know, he was so he yeah. would he would just you know, I used call to do it. Ask the I, governor with him. Yes, every yeah. month. Walk in, no notes, answer questions. Yes. Yeah. And and you can do that when you you have a way of an established way. You look at the world. You've thought about how that applies to the job you're doing, and you're not really afraid of questions. I mean, if you when you when that's the case, you can answer most questions and those that come up. You you have a lot of credibility to say, you know what, I I hadn't thought about that. I'll have to I'll have to put that through my thinking process and, and come up with an answer. Thanks for asking that. You can do that when and it doesn't seem like dodging when you have answers to other questions. Uh, but I it just. McKee's just not there. He's just not able to to master that. So there, and I don't think his PR team's as good as say Gina Raimondo. So I, I think that's it's just you know close down the close down the, the flow of information. We'll we'll yep. find ways not to answer questions, and when we come up with talking points we like, we'll stick with them no matter what. You know that's um that's an excellent point. And as far as his first year in office, um, I mean it has been a year. We can both talk about it, but I I think. You know, the lesson is not that the problem is the media. The lesson, as you're saying, I agree, is is just he has gotten himself into some different situations. His approach with the media in this first year in office that he took over for Governor Armando has completely changed. Um, someone had mentioned to me, and not even in media, but reminded of, you know, you see one person go to the beach and they run down to the shore and jump into the water and boom, dive in. Then you have someone who really like slowly painfully approaches walking through the water and you can read on their body language that to them it's freezing he's become that person where to me last march and april he was like hey i'm an open book you know jumping right in what can i what can i ask you have any questions for me and now it's it's the total opposite uh my my evaluation of him as a as a governor um justin katz is he um, it, it's, it's not as easy as he, he thought it was. He's also, um, you know, again, his his makeup to me, he, he's just so fortunate. He's living during this time where the, the money, it's it's so ridiculous how much money has been flowing around. He's 10 million here, 20 million there. It's like nothing. It's almost like you could it's like spear change. Someone's like, here you go. What do you need? Five bucks to you know get something or something like that. Um, he. Uh, he also, uh, him and the people around him, their instincts many times, they're, they're not the, the right ones. And you wonder who sometimes has his ear. He is really, um, you know, he came to the province features. He, um, to, I, you know, to Mayor Lorza's credit, Mayor Lorza, the whole plan was a transformational contract with the Providence teachers. And McKee comes in and says, oh, no problem. What, kind of, what do you want on the contract? Here you go. And then why don't we give everybody 3000 on the way out the door? Like he's just buying everyone and not realizing the, the ramifications. So in my mind, it, I, I thought he had a really difficult year. And, and so much of it, as you said, is it's like the comedy, the guy stepping on the rake. It's, it's, um, it's self-inflicted uh, wounds. I, I know they feel that the media gangs up on him, but I think um, – I, I just think he is is certain. Say what you want about Gina Raimondo. She was the boss. She was in charge. He's done a lot of things that she would not have done. 
Oh yeah, definitely. And I mean, I was just thinking he, he, he may be running like the day-to-day -day operations of state government. Okay. I don't know, but it's hard to see through all the, through all just yeah. the errors of, of judgment. And I, I do think they came in, I think he came in with one thinking, okay, the management part's going to be easy. And so he brought in some people who, who tried to do, you know, slush the money around and do the Rhode Island corruption thing and got nabbed for it. Um, and I, I think he thought his other thought was I need to win the primary. Who do I need to please to do that? And yeah. it turned out the first big, the first one up was probably the biggest one, the one that's going to really set the tone, a teacher's union. Yeah. And, uh, and that he, he made the wrong call. So now yeah. he's, he's just trapped. He can't go back. He can't go forward. He's just got to flub it and try to please everybody. I mean, he's, he's been reduced to putting out, um, tweets about, you know, national gender identity stories i mean what what is, i don't know what is the benefit of that all i can think is that either he's got some some kid on his staff with access to twitter who's the only one who, know, who knows how to use it and so they're tweeting out all the stuff that generation's into or he really thinks okay i i've got to shore up my progressive base here's an easy one <laughs> let me just let me just jump on this national uh, identity politics thing that'll yeah that that's it that'll do it that'll get me some likes on twitter i, I there's no there's no no plan that's obvious except unless it's just i need to try to please the progressives uh and it comes down to he he's just given up his his spine basically and, and his integrity and one more mention about the judges' bonuses. And again, folks, our segment is politics this week with Justin Katz. You know, uh, early on, I had even, there was someone recommended to me and I echoed it, which was he actually had an opportunity. You want to jumpstart the local economy. There was enough money that he actually could have given every taxpayer family in Rhode Island a certain amount of money. And you know what? People would have spent it and maybe even have some incentive to people, like telling the mass of them to spend it locally or something for taxpayers and and it was kind of like frowned upon and, and shrugged off uh from you know people within government and even some people in the media like right now you don't do that we're not just well they ended up doing it but they just did it for the insiders instead of the, the regular public now justin katz um will governor mckee now will he be able to run on this i took you through covid and almost kind of like a mission he seems to be carrying like this mission accomplished type of thing and will a lot of people forget the restrictions and the masks and will will he be able to use that in the primary and potentially the general election you know i i i don't know there's the there, there's a left right and the miss giant mysterious middle that i, I sometimes that you know all of politics is done trying to chip off a couple people in the middle of that that giant mass that's just kind of following the waves and i i'm not sure where that's going i mean there's a large segment particularly in rhode island for some reason of people who are terif still terrified of covid and they don't want to go back uh, yep. he's not going to please them that's going to be a problem from in the primary and there's a lot of people like me frankly who are looking at this and saying this is completely political you look the cdc just went oh we just changed our equation and now everything's fine go back to life and it that's just right. feels so it feels like such a setup for the election so so much we just want to make people feel happy and get the economy going again uh it's not even it doesn't even feel like it's a local decision it almost feels like the biden team called him up and said hey could you get your government going a little bit please we're we're, we're struggling here uh so it's i don't know i you know it's, it's whether the people in the middle feel like they're back to normal and start to feel better or if they are persuaded by folks like me who are going to say this is such a joke they're just manipulating yeah. you and then it yeah. might backfire in that regard and it might backfire too as people start to get back to their lives and get over covid um and look around at kind of the wreckage and the damage we've done to, to students and children and and our economy and small businesses people are gonna might go out and say you know what i i need to go find that person who used to wash my to clean my house oh they left the state okay i mean i might start to have these revelations and i don't know that he'll he'll get credit for for getting us through it or for or whether he'll sort of start to absorb some of the the blame and anger that of what we had to go through mm. folks excellent point uh, a quick break a lot more politics this week with justin katz managing editor anchorizing.com right here on the john DePietro show The problem with your heating system? Call R.E. Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562. 24-hour emergency service, gas boiler, oil burner, 
Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. They're helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Explore their services. Look for them on Facebook and the website is recooganheating.com. Residential services, as Coogie says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Plumbing, heating, and cooling from winter to summer. Trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. From service calls, maintenance agreements, installation, RE Coogan Heating, proud to help residential customers, and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority. Call them today. Now it's cold. It's going to remain cold. Call Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562. It's Coogie. It's 24-hour emergency service. Hey, not long ago. Our hot water tank gave out. What did I do? Did I panic? Did I try to fix it? I called Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. Look for them on Facebook, and then the website is recooganheating.com. To check out our website, dipetro.com, dipetro.com, which is sponsored by and brought to you by the Centerdale Revival Comfort Food and Cocktails, located 2025 Smith Street in North Providence, Shane and his crew, what a wonderful job they've done. Winner of several Rhode Island Best of Awards, Best of Rhode Island Awards. The Senadale Revival. Delicious food, cocktails, a lot of fun. Stop in and see them. 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. Folks, our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Uh, Justin, as, as people can tell, uh, the situation with Russia, Ukraine, has absolutely just taken over the world. I'm just curious, uh, your thoughts, and, and I want the listeners to know, as, as you're hearing this, uh, Justin and I are chatting over the weekend because I'm on my way to that part of the world um, and anxious to be on the ground in firsthand look and reporting of all the different stories coming out of it. But I'm just curious, your thought, what, what type of effect do you think potentially um, the situation overseas in the war that that could uh, potentially have maybe on this is a big election cycle uh, for, for for the nation, but certainly in Rhode Island. You know, I'm not I'm not sure what what the implications are for Rhode Island. I mean, nationally, obviously, foreign affairs are a national a national issue. Uh, yeah. Locally, I, and part of the reason is every there's really not much disagreement. I mean, nationally, there are some people who who seem to be. <laughs> generally either sympathetic to or, or or at least defensive of of vladimir putin but yeah. mostly it's mostly just the the uniformity of opinion and, and to the point that there are there are formerly peace-loving progressives who seem like they're you know praying for blood so it's it's almost like a call went out that this is the message we're going to take and so there it's really a battle you can tell this in the battle to associate yourself with it, so you've got. I mean, McKee put the the state house in blue and yellow as a support for that, which is happening a lot. But you've even got Bob De Silva, the, the mayor in East Providence, flying the Ukrainian flag and he yeah. tweeting out pictures of himself holding the flag before they yeah. hoisted. And so, so everybody's trying to jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. Who's arguing against it because it's kind of a foolish right. thing to argue against. So I'm not sure it'll, because of that. I'm not sure it'll it'll have a real effect. Um, I mean, you got Magaziner pulling pension funds from Russia and, and stuff like that. So I, I think there's everybody's jumping on it. And I, I don't so I don't know that there's any any advantage to gain one way or another. The one thing that could happen is if, if war really takes a bad turn, um, that that can disrupt things hugely. Uh, and suddenly, suddenly the even the peace loving people who are calling for blood aren't, aren't credible anymore because people are really cracking down and want something to be done and but again that's that's largely going to be national which will will may play into our congressional district to race um but not maybe not the state level races you know what what i what my thought on it was and it's it's really actually a longer discussion uh and i and i recognize the constraints of time but to me it, it it's just an element or should be looked at as there, there's something to be said for how you know, who's really a leader? And we have, especially not only our country, but you've seen this in Canada, you've seen this in France and the Western nations. The world can be a dangerous place and you have dangerous people in it. 
and you know they're they're rough and tumble and they have their own agenda and when when you fall into that i believe we have which is it's like appointed quote leaders and it's on identity politics and the gender warriors because and again not to go off too much on a tangent but if you look at the vice president she doesn't have leadership abilities. She surely shouldn't be there. there. There was a time the vice president should be someone who, you know, garners tremendous respect and has what is considered. There are people that have real leadership abilities. When you appoint this, and I know he's the president, but this, you know, let's face it, he certainly has lost his fastball. And this kind of, you know, older man who's almost 80 years old, and then you just appoint someone to be the vice president who really was appointed because she's a female and woman of color. You you don't have your top form of leaders on the field. And thus kind of opens the door when you have, you know, people that have other intentions like a vicious killer leader of Russia in, in Putin. It would almost be like instead of on our police force, if we started to have, you know, we're not going to have the qualifications of, strength and height and size and you got to be a certain shape or anything we're just gonna appoint you know certain different types of people well you you could see an uptick in crime if there's, there's a reason why you know you have to be qualified for the military qualified for our law yeah. enforcement or and and when you start to stray away from that I, I and again i'm not justifying but i just think we need to really reflect on who we appoint as quote they're the leader that's really the, the, the way I was going. And, and one last thought before we get your thought, but I sent you that tweet of there it is. It's the, the State of the Union, and everyone's waiting to hear what President Biden is going to say about Ukraine. And then you have a local reporter say, I'm looking at the screen, and there's a woman as the vice president, there's a woman as the speaker, and the designated survivor is a woman, like in March is Women's History Month, and you go girl and girl power. <laughs> like I, I, I just uh, you know, and you don't even say anything after a while. But when are they going to learn? Like, what it should be about the substance of the individual, but they just it is this nonstop Justin Katz, this gender war identity politics. They they don't even see the farce that it turns into. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because it's it really goes to the it shows you what a a distraction, almost like a, a an optical illusion or trick or scam. All that identity politics stuff is. I mean, if, if you look at if you there's hardly a, a clip. You, I don't think you can find a full 30 second clip from the State of Union where you don't think this guy can't even talk. I mean, right. even when he got the right words out there, it's like marble mouth. He almost doesn't, yes. he seems confused. And then there was the one moment was, it was absolutely terrifying. And most people are just making fun of him for saying Iranian instead of Ukrainian. But at that moment, he he's getting confused. The president of the United States, the vice president, if you watch Kamala Harris actually said Ukraine, like her lips moved in a small way correcting him and the look on her face if you free i captured the moment on on a picture on anchorizing the the look on her face is almost like sheer terror and i think it's i don't think it's sheer terror of our enemies are going to see we're not well governed i think it's sheer terror of everybody is going to realize what a scam we've pulled on the entire planet and so so but but the go back to the identity politics thing if you're looking at that scene with with nancy pelosi weird rubbing her fists thing what yeah. was he that that was so weird it made even trevor noah funny for a moment i mean that's how bad that was so if you're looking at this scene of this terrified deer in headlights vice president a president who can't even put a sentence together and and really and keep keep the right country in his mind for 30 for five seconds and then you turn to the speaker of the house who's rubbing her fists and doing weird stuff if you're looking at that and going girl power you know keep your girl power i mean it's just (laughs) but it shows you what it shows you what a dementia that is what a a trap and what a scheme to get people so that they can't even see what's right in front of them this this the three most powerful people in the country the succession for the presidency uh i they're looking at that, this terrible, frightening, horrible thing, and they're seeing the genders of the people there. That is that you you ought to go to a psychiatrist, wow. get that yes. worked out, because that is that you're just you're not seeing reality and it's gonna get you. It's gonna it's gonna at some point somebody's gonna bite you. And I think to your point, that's exactly what Putin was seeing. 
This yes. is what the West is doing. Now is the time to move. It may be that in a few months, we're going to at least have a Republican Congress. So the, the calculations will start to change. Uh, the, the president might, or his whoever's got his hand up the back of his shirt, might start making him mouth words to work with the Republican. Now is the time to move on Ukraine. And I'm, I'll, I'll kind of be very surprised if China doesn't, doesn't make some moves uh, of its own. Although the reaction to Putin might uh, might give China second thoughts on that. So uh, at least there's that positive outcome, if, if I can end that, uh, end that soliloquy on a silver lining. No, I agree with you. And there's one other element, and I haven't seen anyone say this. This is just my view. I think this, we're going to start to pivot back to, because I it, it's not lost on me of... You know, I don't know how we went down this path, but you look at this. Biden is 79. Nancy Pelosi is 80. Bernie Sanders is 80. Uh, who's the person criticizing Biden? Trump. He's 75. People want him to be president. He'd be 77, 78. And, and in the Ukraine, you have a 44-year-old vigorous leader on the street in a flak jacket saying, I don't need a ride. I need a come I, I think in Hillary Clinton is to be tossed around. She's 75. I, Rudy, you know, I, I think I don't know how we got to this, but I think just when you look at, you know, business and people top of their game, it is both men and women. But but 40s in their 50s, maybe into the 60s, maybe it's time to rethink having these grandmotherly, grandfatherly leaders <laughs> And you, you see sometimes maybe we had need a little bit of a more of a, a youthful youth appeal here to get people that truly are at the top of their game. And I'll just use as an example, when you see that, you know, the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, he's I think he's about 44, 45 or 46. When you see that, again, Zelensky, who just has inspired the world, you know, I mean, think Biden could be his father for crying out loud. It's just to me. I've had, you know, the the leaders of the country don't have to also be potentially people to be living in a nursing home. Maybe, maybe I'm not saying we get, you know, some of the somebody in their 20s, but there's going to be a happy medium of people that would truly have to me now. These this is my opinion, stamina really operating at the top of the game as opposed to it almost becomes like it's their term turn and, you know, they're older and. And the, let's just like let them have their turn doing it. Yeah, you know, I think there's there's there are different phases in life, and one of them is that you know, top of your game, somebody who's done something, and now they're in their forties or fifties, or even, they they shift to what used to be called public service. I was thinking you you mentioned earlier sending Kamala Harris to the Ukraine. You know, it's almost it's like what? And you know, if your vice president were say a retired general in his fifties or early sixties, that would say something. You know, the yeah. enemy would say, OK, they've sent the commander in chief sent his general vice president, uh, his four star general vice president to, to this war zone. So uh, they, that changed the game a bit. You send Kamala Harris. It's OK. Yeah, because she's such a bang up job on the southern border. Uh, but yeah, I, I think. But there is that, that phase of life in your 40s to, to 60s where people have been successful and but now they're putting all of their experience to some good end. And those are yeah. those, that's where you want somebody in that. A leadership position, uh, and I think we're seeing that in, in somebody like Zelensky or um, or DeSantis, as you say. Uh, but the other thing, the other value that's out there right now, and it, this takes longer, is a global network of interconnected relationships, where the people who are trying to manipulate the world gain or to make the Great Reset and make the world a better place, whatever their motivation is, it takes decades to to form those trusting relationships. I kind of wondered if that's what what this really is is a lot of a lot of cooperation. Uh, I've I've even speculated on anchorizing, and you know this is more like fun armchair warrior stuff. But um, the whether there was a kind of a plan to sort of just let Putin shave off a piece of the Ukraine, Zelensky threw a, a threw a wrench in that by refusing yeah. to leave. Uh, so it's, it, I mean, we, we could be seeing that level of intergenerational um, wow. conflict where you, you've point. got, you've got a lot of, you remember Biden people. said, well, it's going to be small, maybe a small incursion. And yeah. Yeah. And well, he slipped up. Him, oh, don't, don't worry. We'll give you a ride to get out of the country. And he has totally flipped it. And I just want to bring it back home of, to me, governor McKee, you know, him appointing, and he did, he appointed, Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos, that had nothing to do with accomplishment, had nothing to do with leadership ability. Uh, 
no one, I, you know, the city of Providence, the, the condition of the city speaks for itself. Um, she, if I've been there, she, she actually stumbles a lot of times through speeches and it is, you try to be, you know, I'm not trying to be mean or rude about it, but it is, you know, her second language is English. And we're to believe that in the entire state, this person was the best possible person to be the lieutenant governor of the state. We, we both know, or my opinion, the answer is no. She was selected to help him win the primary. She's a Latina and there's a growing Latino voter base, period, end of story. And, and I just think that we, we really need to, people need to wake up. We have to shift away because I, I, I just fail to see the good of it. And Justin Katz, finally, I, I just want to get your thought that on the night of the State of the Union, they announced that designated survivor is the woman who the year before, the night of the State of the Union anniversary of it, Governor Mundo was still the governor of Rhode Island. And thank God nothing happened. But if anything had happened, she would have been the designated survivor to start to rebuild the United States of America. And she would have been President Raimondo. It's um, it's pretty frightening when you think about it. It is to us. <laughs> the, the, two, the two takeaways, uh, Hugh Hewitt, actually, a conservative. I post, saw that. Like, yeah. was, he was saying she's, she's impressive or something like that. And I, I tweeted back at him to say, yeah, tell me you're not from Rhode Island without telling me you're not from Rhode Island. Yeah, I like that. That's, I think that's, there, there are two thing, takeaways for me. One is... I, I guarantee you watching that clown show of a state of a union, there were people out there going, you know, maybe Raimondo would, <laughs> maybe, maybe it wouldn't be so sure. bad if, if that whole thing were just, I mean, we've got, if, if we go one by one, we're in trouble. Cause it's what it's Biden, Harris, uh, Pelosi. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's a lot of pain to go through. It's like when, when ancient Rome had incompetent emperors every six months for a while, it's, it's dangerous territory. So uh, that was my first thing. And the second thing is that, her her PR machine is is in full force. That's oh, her that's, that's her superpower, yep. as somebody said, uh, responding to Hewitt. And so I mean, people should understand this is not it's not an unusual thing. It's sort of like a bureaucrat. Okay, well if the if a bomb goes up or the building collapses, who's in charge? Okay, send a memo to Raimondo. She's the designated survivor. You know, it's it's like a paper thing. It's not, but she's she made it a national story. Made it yeah. got people thinking of her as governor. Yep. Uh, and so she, I mean. I mean, that's, that's really got, this is what she's good at is that PR stuff. And that's, it's kind of a shame to see people like you, you would fall for it, but that's, that's what she does. And so I think that was, she's definitely brought her, her talent for, for manipulating the the storyline to to the Washington DC. That is exactly right. Folks. Again, our segment is politics this week. He is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorrising.com. Justin, again, I enjoy the segment. We will be communicating, but uh, when we talk again, I will be in Eastern Europe, and we're going to take it a day at a time and go from there. So in the meantime, great job as always. Stay safe, be well, and we'll talk to you soon. Um, You stay safe and uh, resist the urge to to grab a gun and join the fight. (laughs) That's exactly right. Thank you, Justin. (laughs) Talk to you later. Bye. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401 272-3340. Were you in an auto accident? Someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen, whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender banner, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. They'll handle everything for you, the original, the best, and if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 401 401- 272-3340 West Fountain Auto Body located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence they'll work for you not the insurance company if you're in an accident call West Fountain today get it repaired 401-272-3340 portion of the program brought to you by the Coesed Inn check them out on the website to petro.com the Coesed Inn or Rhode Island tradition 
since 1977, located 226 Cohesett Avenue in West Warwick, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge, whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers. There's always a great crowd. You can link directly to them, and gift certificates are available. The Cohesett Inn, 226 Cohesett Avenue in West Warwick. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Check out the website, dipietro.com. We have original, unique, exclusive stories, videos, content, all our links to social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's all right there, and that's also the best way to reach me. Log on at the website, depetro.com, dipietro.com of the John DePietro Show brought to you by Realtor Pat Elston. Call Pat today, 401-474-5253. There's a link right directly to her on the website, dipietro.com. Caldwell Banker Realty, based in Cumberland, 20 years experience, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Pat services all of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Contact Pat Elston today, 401 401- 474-5253, and you can find her right on the website, dipetro.com. Brothers Disposal. Call Brothers Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster for your driveway. How do you know it's Brothers Disposal? Because it's a purple dumpster. Look for them on Facebook and give them a call for an estimate, 401 401- 6880517 get a dumpster in your driveway maybe you're cleaning out your basement your garage unwanted belongings maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out clean it out with brothers disposal they're also now offering weekly trash collection services call brother roland today at brothers disposal 401 401- Six eight eight zero five one seven. Whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings, call Brothers Disposal today. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal four zero one six eight eight zero five one seven. Look for them on Facebook. Brothers Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway. Four zero one six eight eight zero five one seven. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Now, while you're there, uh, there's a lot of exclusive stories. Folks, we cover stories the rest of the media ignores. It's real news, whether it's video that we're out at a crime or a protest or various things that are happening, plus other exclusive stories that we break log on at the website that's also the best way to reach me by the way if you'd like to get in touch with me just scroll down a little bit you'll see a, a button that says contact john you can also support the program you you can also get some great merchandise in the shop right there at dipetro.com and it's all our links to social media whether it's facebook so you can watch facebook live or also twitter or youtube or instagram so take a minute, and then also we have some great sponsors there as well. It is a happening. Check it each day. It's depetro.com. Well, health continues to be an important part of our daily lives. That's why you need to stop in and see the queen of health. It's Maria. It's my health because it's your health. But it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Look for her on Facebook. You can also call her at 401-305-3585. You know where she is, right in that very majestic old white church diagonally across from Davidport restaurant. It's my health. And inside, pop in, you'll see vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like acai, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Wait till you see the selection. Over 250 bulk herbs, teas, Spices purchased by the ounce plus boxed herbs and teas plus hemp and CBD products. Stop in natural skincare products, hair care products. It's my health because it's your health. Stop it and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. 